0: Hi, I am Tanita Kane, and I'm running for the District Court Criminal Judge Place 6 in Jefferson County, Birmingham. For 23 years, I have fought
1: for my client's fairness. It is time for me to take that passion and fairness to the bench. I want to be your judge, the judge for the people,
0: because I care deeply about you. I kindly ask that you vote for Tanita Kane for judge on March 5th, 2024, for Place 6 Jefferson
1: County District Court. Kane is able. Kane can.
2: Megan Holland is a strategic communications professional hailing from South Carolina who earned her Bachelor of Arts degree in Political Science with concentrations in Social Welfare Welfare, and Legal Studies from Winthrop University. Upon graduating, she spent three months in Nairobi, Kenya conducting community-based political research on tribal voting patterns, and returned to work as a district liaison for the South Carolina State Senate. Soon after, Megan kick-started her journey working in Congress as a press assistant in the office of Congresswoman Adams, North Carolina 12th. From there, she quickly rose to lead communications within Adams' office and went on to serve as a press secretary, communications director, and digital director for other congressional members. Before moving to Birmingham permanently, Megan served as digital director in the executive office of Mayor Bowser in Washington, D.C., leading the direction and execution of of digital strategy for the District of Columbia and its more than 80 government agencies. Now, with a passion for effectively communicating with people and helping change the trajectory of others' lives, Megan is excited to serve as Director of Public Relations at the Housing Authority of the Birmingham District and support its commitment to being Alabama's, Alabama's leader in providing affordable housing and empowering Birmingham residents. I butchered that. (laughs) That's
0: that's too long anyway.
2: No, it is not. (laughs) But, it no, it's not long at all. Um, Megan, tell me a joke.
0: Hi, okay. Um, Well, I don't really have a joke. I'm not funny, but I'll tell you some news. Um, Did you hear about the VIX vapor rub trucks that just spilled over on 280 like an hour ago. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad, but police said don't worry about it because there shouldn't be congestion for too long. <laughs> <Get in. laughs> Boo. Did you, did you, <laughs>
2: I had a question Listen, for you though. What? <laughs> in Hawaii, mm-hmm. do they allow you to yell loudly? Or just aloha?
0: Uh, See, mine was better than (laughs) (laughs) yours.
2: I'm the king of corn around here. see. Now, back to your bio. It's not long at all. Mm -hmm. It doesn't tell anything.
0: (laughs) I feel like it tells too much. No,
2: it it tells us nothing. Okay. I want to know... You know what part of South Carolina and what was Mom and Dad like, and do you have siblings? What's your favorite color? I mean, you know, tell us something about okay. you. You're not from here, I'm so not. yeah, we gotta we gotta get to know you.
0: Okay, so um, I grew up in a very loving household with my mom and dad. Um, mom was a nurse growing up, always in healthcare, and my dad uh, is or was an educator, excuse me, and he was my high school administrator. So that was, I, it had its perks. I enjoyed that. Um, grew up in all over South Carolina, actually. So the upstate and my family's in Charleston now. Um, one of the top 10 tour cities in the country. So I love Charleston. Um, and then I have an older sister and a younger brother who, um, my brother's like my twin. That's my person. Um, he graduates from Methodist University next year. So I'm excited about that. Outstanding.
2: Yeah. Now, What made you go, well, first of all, what was high school like? Like, did you play in the band? Did Uh, you play sports or anything? And then what made you go to Winthrop? Where mm -hmm. where is it? You know, all that good stuff. Yeah,
0: so Winthrop is located in Rock Hill, South Carolina, a very small town. And it's a small liberal arts university, which is actually located like 20 minutes from Charlotte, North Carolina. So um, on the weekends, students, we just went to Charlotte. Um, And that's where a lot of students, when they graduate, they go to work. Um, But high school and you know primary school, that was it was a great experience. Um, I was involved in a lot. Um, I was in choir and I played the violin and I was on the basketball team. I was a shooting guard. I can shoot. So you know, if you want to step up any day, let me know.
2: Um, I I don't want no smoke. Okay, don't don't get no smoke. (laughs)
0: Um, I played ball and I cheered um, and I played softball in high school and so then. I was trying to figure out, like, where do I want to go to college? And high school was weird because because my dad was my administrator. I would be, like, writing papers in my classes about how, like, college wasn't worth it, like... Yeah. <laughs> financially. And um, my teachers would go and, like, telling me to my dad. Um, but then I made a decision. I was like, okay, if I go to college, you know, I want to go to a school where my professors know who I am. Um, and then I don't want to be there for four years. I can't do it. I can't sit in a classroom for that much longer. So... Um, I toured Winthrop with my dad. um, and it was a great school. The I always knew like I wanted to go into um, like a law or a political field mm-hmm. um because I grew up with foster siblings. We were a foster family, so I had six foster siblings growing up. Um, and my experience with that system uh, really wanted or sparked something in me to want to change that system, which is oh. what triggered.
2: The political
0: space and the legal space. Yeah. Um, So then I went to Winthrop. Um, I graduated in two and a half years because I was ready to go. Um, But I loved it. It's a great university. I'm still in touch with my professors to this day. Um, So that's my education story. That's
2: pretty cool. Now, um, I'm going to take a little time out. Okay. Ask a question. Okay. You have to tell me how we met. Mm-hmm. or your favorite or funniest IVA store.
0: Okay, well, it's actually funny because I heard about you before I met you. Oh, God. So I had the tremendous privilege of working with um, a gentleman by the name of Lindsay McAdory yes. um, when we were, you know, working on a few different campaigns, Bayer Woodman's campaign. And so... Um, your name had come up, you know, in conversations with him. And so I was like, okay, like I need to meet, I need to meet who I is. Um, and then it wasn't, I went back to DC after that. And then it wasn't until I came back. Um, and you know, our board of commissioners was like, let's get on a podcast. And so I had reached out to you, still had never met you, but I'm like calling you and like wanting to talk to you. And then we finally met at an event that Prosper did for communications professionals. So, um, and it was like, we had already met, so
2: if I remember correctly, when you reached out, I told you I already knew who you were.
0: You did. And that
2: that's that was that was my part of it. <laughs> it threw you off big time. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I was like, how and why? <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. But you are a an a perfect example. Like I pay attention. You you I can see. vouch for that. Yes. Like When people come in town and, Mm -hmm. oh, I know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) I know who you are, what you do, who you report to, all that good stuff. And Birmingham
0: is different in that sense. like Where, like, you can go to D.C. and, like, people don't know you. Absolutely. Ever, or, like, it just depends on the circle you're in. If you come to Birmingham, because everybody is so connected here and the size of the city, it really helps, you know, it can help or hurt, but it helps mm-hmm. people to know like, okay, there's a newbie in town. Like who was this person? So yeah, you threw me off when you said you knew me, but
2: <laughs> And now what made you come to Birmingham? We going, we're skipping around mm-hmm. your bio. That's okay. What brought you to Birmingham?
0: So like I said, I was in What's Birmingham. His name? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this with you I'm not doing this with
2: you today. With you today. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Nobody just out of nowhere. What do you
0: mean? Is go- this is the magic city.
2: I'm going to go to Birmingham. <laughs> See, my, and I'm, I'm giving you a hard time about this. And part of my, um, I don't know, favorite thoughts and whatnot, I'd be like, these niggas slipping on her, like where these niggas? They dog, y'all slipping, y'all slipping. I'm telling you, you slipping.
0: Why do you feel that way? But you're so pretty. Oh my goodness, I've
2: told you that you I think have, you're and I so it. pretty, Thank you. and um, and then I get to know that you know you're really sharp <laughs> like you. you're not just a face <laughs> like and as it relates to some people I'm going give this is a this is very serious I like to give people a fair shot right mm-hmm. like you know I think this person is gonna be wonderful and like I'm gonna bring them on the show to mm-hmm. try to boost their um, profile if you will yeah. Not with you. I feel the honor is all mine to I be that. You in don't make your me blush in here. to make you. You came on my show when you were just getting started. Yeah, so that's that's what I'll be able to say the, about the you. The
0: appreciation is both ways. So you know, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here.
2: Well, thank you. Do. you... Are you big on social media? You want to throw out your social media handles?
0: Um, My pages are typically private. Okay. But you can connect with me on LinkedIn, which is just <laughs> Megan Holland. <laughs> but if you do that, you know, follow the Housing Authority on LinkedIn. But the Housing Authority, those pages are obviously public. So make sure you follow um, HABD, the Birmingham Housing Authority, on all social media.
2: Outstanding. Now, hmm.
0: I didn't answer your question though about what brought me here.
2: What brought you? here?
0: You just assumed that it was like a man, and that's not the case. Okay. I, I literally just I'm one waiting. day looked I'm at listening. a map and was like, "I want to go here." Whatever. I'm kidding. I have so I have a niece, um, and she was born, and her dad is from Pleasant Grove.
1: Okay. And
0: um, wanted to like be close to her, be a that's part of her so life, sweet. and I wanted to you know get a little fresh start. I, wanted, I needed to slow down a little bit. At the time I first came here, I think I was, I'm 26 now, so I was 23, I think. And I was like, I'm 23, but I'm moving like I'm 43, like I need to, <laughs> I need to slow it down. And Birmingham just seemed like a good opportunity to do that. And it was election season, so um, I came here. And then I didn't really get immersed in it, so I was like, let me go back to D.C. And then I went back to D.C., and I was like, well, wait a minute. I don't think I'm finished in Birmingham. And then, you know, you have leaders from Birmingham go to D.C., and they're like, there's still work to do in Birmingham. Like, it's time to come back. So I was like, okay, let's come back.
2: You see what I'm talking about? <laughs> see how special she <laughs> is? What's your favorite charity?
0: Oh, um, Probably Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Mm. Um, just because I, I have a very soft spot for youth. Like I said, I was a foster sister growing up. Um, and so anytime I can see people pouring into young people, that energizes me. So I appreciate the work that they do.
2: Now, you haven't been here long. Right. So I'm not going to give you some of these questions. Okay. But I'm going to give you a few. Okay. The important ones. Okay. Like Alabama or Auburn.
0: Mm, now, you know I'm a Carolina girl. So I, I ride for Clemson.
2: I'll let that slide. Oh I, I I let that slide.
0: But, but this one you can't. But between Alabama and Auburn, I oh. absolutely will root for roll tide. roll tide, even though Cam Newton, as you know, was the Carolina Panthers quarterback and he went to Auburn. But, I mean, there's really no debate between Alabama and Auburn.
2: Now, Alabama State, Alabama A&M. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have friends now who went <laughs> to both. You bone.
2: have to choose. You have to oh, choose gosh. or make a donation to your favorite charity.
0: I feel like I can do both. I would like to do both, but I'm trying to think who, which alumni will like cuss me out the most. (laughs) Right. And I think that's Alabama State.
2: So you're going to choose?
0: I'm going to choose Alabama State. Okay. Because I think that they'll cuss me out the most. All right.
2: (laughs) Barons or Squadron?
0: Oh, I'm going to say Barons.
2: Legion or Stallions?
0: I'm going to say Legion just because it's exciting right now. Okay? People need to be excited. About <laughs> it the is
2: exciting right mm-hmm. now. Hammer down. Hammer down. Now, um, I'm going to let you off the hook with all of that. Thank you. So we can get down to business. Okay. All right? Okay. Now, you I'm know gonna I- I'm going to let you I, off the hook and then put you on a, <laughs> a bigger You one. know, I, I love you, mm-hmm. but I have you here because the streets is talking. Are, right? Are they? Yeah. What they say. And I actually have kind of a different take on it (laughs) from what the streets are saying. For example, um, you know, I have several several people that have said to me, um, you know, they have X amount of people living in their uh, housing unit, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know... They're talking to a family member, so I ain't dropping no dimes mm-hmm. or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, how how do all of you live in here? Mm-hmm. And then I have conversations about that with other people, and, and this and the same thing keeps repeating. So when you hear a violence, that pops up in my head. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I have Friends who know where the police hang out, particularly in Kingston, mm-hmm. which is it's something about one side and the other side, and they be on one side. And so, like, the people know where the security is. Then I told you when I called you, <laughs> it's like the mayor had to go on social media and say, okay, enforce the trespassing, which I know doesn't get enforced so I brought you here mm-hmm. to answer some of those questions and and a couple more mm-hmm. but we have talked a little bit offline and I'd mm-hmm. love for you to talk, you know, address what yeah. I said. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, so, and oh,
2: and and I have to tell you this. Okay. When I called you, mm-hmm. I asked you specifically. I said, "Is it a management problem?" Or is it a staff problem? Mm-hmm. And very quickly you said neither. Mm-hmm. And so when you got here, I said, I need you to address that because he'll tell everybody'll tell you. Don't answer me too fast. Mm-hmm. Because that makes me think it's a
0: a rehearsal. Yeah, you know what I'm
2: saying? So I'm I, I really brought you here because I have so much love for you and respect, love and respect for Anthony and respect for other people on the board Mm -hmm. that I'm like, okay, let me give you all a chance to come out here and say, you know, this is what's right. This is what's wrong. This is what we're doing about it.
0: So, you know, to your question that you've asked me multiple times, is it a leadership problem or is it a staff problem? And I say neither. And the reason I say this is because if you look at the Housing Authority of the Birmingham District in the past maybe four or five years, we've gone under leadership changes at the highest level with our president and CEO a few times now. And our current president and CEO, Ms. Dontrell Young Foster, she has been in her role now for just one year. Um, and she has more than 20 years experience at this agency. So there's not a better or a more well-versed or more knowledgeable person about Birmingham public housing in this city than Miss Dontrell Young Foster, who was leading the helm. Um, now, you know, with our last ED, um, there was, you know, obviously this was in the media, this reorg that the agency went under. And that was um, to kind of identify, you know, where staff is sitting on the bus at HABD um, and then where we can, where they might need to move seats or change seats so that they're, you know, serving our residents and the, and the housing authority to their best capability and so that the housing authority is pouring into them the way we should be, right? And so when people say, you know, is it a leadership problem or is it a staff problem? I'm like, we are really starting anew over at HABD. Somebody
2: ain't checking. Somebody ain't knocking okay. the doors. Now, I'm going to give you an example. Somebody's not knocking on the doors. That's something that IVA knows. IVA wants to know is the leadership not telling them to knock on the door? Are they not pushing that, you know, or is the leadership not saying a word? Like one that so, one thing, where's the disconnect?
0: So and I think I think there is a disconnect because, you know, oftentimes like the loudest voice in the room is not the most accurate. And then that loudest voice is just one voice and it can drown out so many other more quiet voices that they feel the same, but they don't feel the same as that loud voice. And so when you have, you know, somebody that has a complaint about, you know, staff isn't prevalent or isn't present, you know, it it really does not represent the agency and what we're doing as a whole. And so, you know, earlier in the year, in January, we did something for the first time, which was door-to-door. We mm-hmm. knocked on every single door across 14 of our public housing communities. Um, and Miss Foster was out there doing that with us. So at that time, we knocked on every single door. Um, we're doing the same thing in, like, two weeks. Um, We have an initiative called Conversations Over so where we're in every single community um, on a rotating basis, but every two weeks we're in a community and we're putting Birmingham police officers, our partner, in the same room as our residents and we're breaking bread together and having conversations that we've never had with residents in the past, right? And that's a new initiative under Ms. Dontrell Young Foster. Um, And then our, our maintenance team and our operations team, we have a new senior VP of operations he came from DC like I did, and he was with DCHA. And so, under his leadership, like I really think we need to wrap our heads around. Like our leadership team is really new, and so we're bringing new ideas. So
2: you're saying the leadership was fucked up, but now it's good.
0: First of all, I'm never using language like that. But and that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm exactly
2: sa- that and, and my point. I know that's not what you, I know. You're not saying that there. There clearly that, were issues. But we've had. But, but here, hold on now. Go ahead. If I go to Kingston right now, it's trash everywhere right now.
0: You know, I was out there yesterday.
2: I was out there were today. Were you in
0: Kingston, like the neighborhood, or were you in our Dr. Reverend Morrell Todd Holmes community? I was in Because that's two different, two different things.
2: And my point was is simply that, okay, you can see trash that's new. Somebody just threw it out the window and mm-hmm. you can tell when trash been there a minute. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying here is, you know, I, I'm i going to keep it real. I can't fuss at the Tittiesville neighborhood president for Tittiesville being disgusting looking. I can't fuss at Norwood or Fountain Heights Neighborhood Association. I got to go to the mayor for all of that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the housing authorities being trashy, I can come straight to y'all.
0: You can. And here's the thing.
2: Is I'm, it I'm not, not saying and issue? Here's the thing.
0: I'm not saying the Housing Authority has zero concerns that we're working to address. That's not the case. We know that there are issues that have taken place. We've been around since 1937. So clearly there are deep-rooted issues that have taken that have taken shape and uh gone on for a number of years, but we're working to address those. And what we're working to do is strengthen our communication with our residents because if we're not aware of an issue, specifically issues that happen inside somebody's home, that's their home. We're not just going to Walk into somebody's home, you have to make us aware of that, and so what we're trying to do is strengthen our communications with our residents so that they're comfortable to come to us and let us know is there an issue and that's something we just did. We had that conversations over pizza at Todd at Todd Holmes Murrow Todd Homes. and we had a list We said if you have a concern, write it on this list, and every single concern on that list, this was maybe three weeks ago was addressed within fifteen days and so what our new leadership is taking the stance to where, you know, we've got to be made aware by our residents and we're listening to them. But once we're aware, we need to do something to address it. And I think she's built out her team, um, people who are action takers and executors. And if they see an issue, they're going to do something about it. So, you know, if you bring up an issue that, you know, there's so there's trash them in the community. Trash. Right. If you bring up an issue that there's trash in the community. So one of the things, in addition to strengthening that communication with the residents, is that we also want our residents to take pride in their community, that we want them to partner what, with us. What,
2: what are you all going to do that does not rely on residents? Okay. What I'm saying is, you know, I, and I, I have no answers.
0: No, but but, I, know, not, but, but then but like, I...
2: is is there not a, a a um system that you can put in place where there are you know, in addition to the weekly trash pickup, mm-hmm. there's a spruce up. You know what I mean? Like, because there is, the well, tr- they don't
0: just throw the trash in the trash can. I did that. But I, one of my things that troubles me about what you just said is, you know, how do you not rely on residents for that? But it's it's their community and it's their home and their neighborhood. And you wouldn't say to, you know,
1: don't mark, say private.
0: Private homeowners or market rate renters. If there's trash in their neighborhood, you wouldn't go to that um, association and be like, "I can't rely on the residents to keep their home cleaner," or "This isn't on the residents." It's a partnered effort, and so I'm not saying saying, I'm not saying
2: no. But you're actually wrong in that. i'm serious Am I wrong? Isn't that, or is i'm that sorry opinion? Now, about me i'm about me i would i genuinely would if there was a homeowners association mm-hmm. which i'm putting you in the place of okay i wouldn't go to the first i go to the neighbor and then i'm going to the, the homeowners association right because as the organization like i can't make that individual do something but you know, hey, somebody got to be responsible,
0: right? And what I what I'm I keep reiterating is that while yes, HABD is the landlord, residents, whether they're public housing residents or market rate renters, they share in that responsibility to keep their communities clean. And we have a very strong maintenance staff that you know each property is different. Some properties don't need as much maintenance as other ones do. And as we're, you know, deciding what works best for our properties, we're also working on our development plans. What do we do for each property? And some, and they look different depending on what property you're talking about. And so, you know, if there is an issue, like I said, under our new leadership, it's got to be brought to the forefront. We've got to be made aware of it. And then we do something to address it. And that's what we've been doing. So if you're telling me right now that you went to Reverend Morell, Todd Holmes today and you saw trash everywhere, then that's something I will bring to the attention of my colleagues and we will do something to address it. That's what's different right now. That's what our leadership and our report has put in place that if we are aware of a problem, we need to do something to fix it.
2: I don't think that's fair. Number one, because everybody doesn't know you.
0: No, not. And and there are avenues. Hear me out. Hear me out.
2: Everybody doesn't know you, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm not talking about residents. I'm talking about the people who are outside, Mm -hmm. the right outside the community, and still being impacted. Right. You take me. I live in Mason City, right? Mm -hmm. The the projects right around the corner.
0: We don't call them projects, by
2: the way. Uh, Well, y'all don't. I call them whatever (laughs) I wants to call them. Okay. And all and and all I'm saying here is that. You it it's not an island. We're we're all a, a community. It's not, it's right? not but it Instant. has been
0: revered as that for a long time. And we're trying to disassemble that that idea that public housing is so isolated from the rest of the community around it. We acknowledge, especially at communities like Todd Homes, there are private homes located in and around that community. Like we're not obtuse to that fact. When we have our neighborhood meetings, we invite the residents that are around there that who aren't our residents, but we know that they're impacted by what goes on in that community. So we're not obtuse to that, to that fact.
2: We talked about trash. <laughs> Tell me we about your up. partnership with the police, because my other con- concern was about safety, particularly with tr- trespassing and stuff like that. Ballad. What's being done?
0: So, um, we do have a partnership with the Birmingham police department and it is a very solid and beneficial partnership that we haven't had in the past. Um, and our director of public safety, he spearheads that partnership. So he takes lead on that. And so what we're seeing is that, you know, the crime that happens on our communities is not our residents. Our residents are law abiding. They want, you know, they're quiet, Uh, Family friendly communities. They want their kids to be able to play outside safely. And so we see that, you know, trespass, like the crime that comes in is from trespassing. And so um, our director of public safety, he's been very clear and very blatant um, that if you are trespassing, you will be arrested. And we have a list. We keep track of that list. We get calls from residents all the time that somebody is trespassing. So we really appreciate when residents let us know of what is going on in their community. And then we go. And they are arrested and they're no longer allowed to come to that site. And we keep a record of that. And so, um, you know, at Todd Homes right now, you'll see in partnership with the city, we put up some barricades around that community. And the whole purpose of that is, you know, the people who live in our residents who live in Morell Todd Homes, they know their community. They know how to get in and get out. But when you have people who are coming from the outside to bringing their nonsense onto our communities, um, there, there were too many entrance and exit points for trespassers to come on, do whatever they wanted, and get out. And so, what we did was put those barricades in place to mitigate trespassing, cut down on that, um, and keep you know people who shouldn't be in the community out of the community.
2: We have a date, right? Today is June twenty second, December twenty second. Ish would love to have you come back <laughs> and we talk okay. about just two issues. Mm-hmm. Trash, trash and, and trespassing fair? trash and
0: trespassing the two t's that's fair i can be back all right i'll bring some colleagues you
2: bring some colleagues I will. that time I will. all right um i'm gonna let you get out of here but do you have any parting shout outs anything you want to add we're a leave par- us with
0: well we're a partner to everybody we really appreciate our partnership with the birmingham police department and with the city um and i do want to give a slight plug we um we're the recipient of a $1.5 million grant. Um, and that's to take Birmingham residents ages 16 to 24, um, give them a stipend so that they can earn their GED, um, and also teach them hands-on construction and healthcare training. So if you know somebody, um, who can benefit from that so that we can really pour into our youth, tell them to contact the housing authority, go to habd.org, email youthbuild@habd.net, Um, and then our phone numbers are on the website as well. So
2: Thank, Thank you, you for coming, my friend. Thank you, I
0: appreciate it. It wasn't it too wasn't, painful. Was this it? wasn't painful at all. I'll be back. See there? <laughs> I told
2: you it wouldn't be.
0: Let me go to Ty Holmes real quick. See what you're
2: talking about. <laughs> and uh, next up, we're gonna have Joseph Bryant.
3: At Alabama Power, there's nothing more important to us than our customers and the communities we serve. Alabama Power
0: is more than your reliable source of electricity. We're committed to building the future of energy and providing innovative solutions to our customers. Alabama Power offers energy efficiency tips to help lower your bills, and the company supports agencies that offer bill assistance. Alabama Power initiates and supports efforts to grow the economy and elevate the state of Alabama. And yes, we are also your reliable source of electricity. Alabama Power is for a better Birmingham and a better Alabama.
2: Joseph Bryant is an investigative reporter for AL.com, focusing on Birmingham area government and agencies. With over 25 years of journalism experience, Bryant is a seasoned political reporter. His work has been cited by Alabama lawmakers and credited with influencing sweeping legislative reform of the Birmingham Waterworks Board's Spending Practices and Policies. After seven years away, Bryant recently returned to AL.com. Outside of news, he has worked in other areas of communications and public relations. A native of Dothan, Bryant received a bachelor's degree from the University of Alabama where he served as editor of the Student Newspaper. The Crimson White, the first African-American to serve in the position. He is also a founding member of the Board Advisors for the University of Alabama Division of Community Affairs. Joseph, tell me
3: a joke. All right. Let me see here. What do you call an angry carrot? What? A steamed veggie. (laughs)
2: Speaking of school, um, what's the easiest way to get straight A's?
3: Study, study, study. With a ruler. Oh, that's pretty good. I like
2: that. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Look here. Joseph is an old friend, and um, so we're going to dive right in. All right. Right. First things first, you heard a little bit about the pe- the previous conversation, and considering the fact that you used to sit in that seat. Uh-huh. There is no conflict. You are dot AL.com now. <laughs> you, you you I wanna know, I wanna know, is it getting better over there from from your eyes? Because you know from my from from where I'm sitting ain't nothing changed ain't nothing changed but the people you know what I'm saying we we still have the same uh um and and mind you I I want to be I and I should have said this to Megan I know you're up against you know a, a really an element of people who they do throw trash and they do do things whatever So, but that does not give that. that's not an excuse that's what you signed up for you know what I'm saying like there has to be let's just talk about those two things trash and trespassing why can't
3: they get it together in fairness I'm a brand new I'm the oldest freshman at ale.com <laughs> I started 20 years ago and just came back. So Fair. So I have not been following HABD, my former employer, Fair. and my former colleagues, as I would if I had been on the beat earlier. Fair. I'm back on the beat now. Yeah. And those are questions that, that are valid questions. I will say as someone who was there, and um, I, I know Ms. Foster very well. Uh, I know, I'm know i familiar with Megan. I know, I, I know Ms. Foster. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that the Housing Authority does more than provide housing. They have to provide services, programming, and policing. Mm-hmm. As the largest landowner in the state of, uh, excuse me, in the city of Birmingham,
1: mm-hmm.
3: that's, a, that's a Herculean task. Mm-hmm. So, there are going to be some issues and challenges when you have that many people and that small of parcels of land mm-hmm. throughout the city. Questions need to be asked, questions need to be answered, and, and action needs to be taken. So mm-hmm. I, but specifically, I can't address those things, but I yeah. have not looking into those.
2: Yeah, well, you need to go look but, into But I
3: will those. say, you have a staff of people who I genuinely believe, personal experience, care about their charge of serving the people.
2: I, I I personally feel as though it is the employees. You know, I, you know, n- have worked with organizations where the board, the leadership, the senior management do have certain expectations and, and between their expectations and the actual boots on the ground, things getting implemented, there's a disconnect. And a lot of times that disconnect is due to relationships. That This is my sure. opinion. That's, let me say it a different way. I believe, I think it is due to relationships. So if you're my buddy and you we've been working together for 10 years, 15 years, and I'm like, come on, man, you got to get outside cleaned up. And, and you won't do it. What, I'm going to fire my homie? You know what I'm saying? I, I think those are the types of issues, those are the types of disconnects that exist. Because I, this isn't my first time talking about especially trash and trespassing. And, you know, it's just my first time doing it, you know, on
3: a camera. You can't be bureaucratic bureaucratic when it comes to this mission. I'm I'm not saying they are. right, But you can't be bureaucratic. When I was there, I remember some people got sent home. Because they were bureaucratic, mm. so they were sent. They were told to go home. This is we've enjoyed it. Here's your last check. See you later. Usually on Thursday and Fridays. That's when that happened. Mm. But no, a lot of those people are gone, mm-hmm. and because the mission was this is too important. These are people's This is the job where your clients actually live at the place. They're not clients. They're your residents. Right. So they going home is where. They don't just leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they live <laughs> right. where you work. Right. So that, right. that that's 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 bigger than any other office job in any, any bureaucracy. Yeah. So you know, to make it to make it to make it effective, you have to leave the office. Not saying they aren't. Mm-hmm. But I remember there was there was a, a clarion call put out years ago. If you don't want to be here, you can always apply somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So, but again, I can't speak specifically because I haven't. I'm not there, and I haven't really looked into it.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I try not to address issues. That they can't deal with, like for example, we all have our own opinions about housing in general, sure, you know i'm that that's that's at congress that you know that that's above our pay grade, right, but trash and trespassing these are things that the little old ladies at church talk about and in the neighborhood association meetings and et cetera et cetera. These are the things that they talk about. And it just I've never, I've never seen it change. I've never seen the the um landscaping, you know, done. Now do they have a budget for that? I don't know. Yes or is somebody yes. They, tearing they answer, it up? Yes. They're, they're, I don't yeah. know. But I, I, we just know what we see. Sure. And so on behalf of other people, I'm just, you know,
3: poking and priding, you know. Right.
2: And and so Well, I'll call. I'll call. Yeah. And, please. and ask
3: some questions. You know, it's not it's not an accusation, that's just to ask questions. Yeah. Well, what's the status of this? What's the status of that? How can we improve moving forward? So that's, that's a legitimate question. Now. All right. Now talk about my stuff. I don't yeah, know anything about the, the stuff yeah. <laughs> we we brought you okay, here right. to
2: talk about your story. Okay. And, um, you know, set
3: us up. I got some thoughts on it. Well, as you know, um, several week, a couple of weeks ago, we had um, an indictment of a, of a state representative that alleged an indictment and a, and a confession that alleged some pretty scurrilous things dealing with public funds. Um, some salaciousness put in there as well. But bottom line is uh, about $200,000 was misappropriated and. Some things should have gone to a youth baseball league Allegedly went to private hands mm-hmm. Therefore we have an indictment A confession A resignation from uh, the legislator, legislature An empty seat And uh, presumably an ongoing investigation Presumably
2: right. Now um, I Gave my buddy a call Earlier And I told him that Um You know, you have to remain uh, neutral. Correct. But I want Eric to ask some of the questions that people on one side of the argument may have. Sure. And I'm going to state my own personal opinion.
3: No doubt. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. No doubt.
2: Now. Okay. Um... First of all, as it relates to Coach Plump, he coached me to my kids, everybody I know, and grew up with, played with Coach Plump. And regardless of how much money was allocated and reallocated and whatnot, that man has put more of his own personal money into that program than the allegations out here. And I just want to be the first to say, and I'm not the first to say, I've said it before, but I just want to say publicly that I don't believe he he admitted to these things. So I don't believe that he is his worst day nor his best day. He's somewhere in between. And he's got a hell of a lot more good days under his belt than bad. And I, you know, kind of resent people. Who are willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater? I kind of resent the the fact that he's been reduced to jokes and whatnot mm-hmm. on um, Facebook and social media. So I just I just want to say that you know mistakes were made and admitted to. And, it, and we move on from them and, and, and we learn our lessons and we do better. Now, some people would say that his judgment is, you know, suspect or whatever the case may be. And some people would say he doesn't deserve to hold office. I don't know. I'm not passing judgment on that, but I will say this, <laughs> and I don't. It's funny. It's not funny, um, and I'm gonna bring it up again. I can see how people. I I see how Trumpers are. Like for real. Like I still love him. I'm not. I, you know what I'm saying. Like I still love Fred Plump. Period. Sure. That you know, and. If he were to make it on a ballot somewhere, some I'm, I'd probably vote for him again. Now, that's just because here again, I've seen him make far more good decisions than bad. I've seen him do far more good than bad, and you know, that's just where I fall with it with him. You know, sure, um, you're, you're entitled to that. Yeah, you know? my
3: yeah. job is our job is to lay out. Allegations, the facts, and the and, and the uh, admissions, and the, the public can decide how they want to judge.
2: Now, not knowing anyone, not knowing him personally, other than meeting him here, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Um, I was definitely shocked when the story dropped. Uh, even even when you don't know someone personally, in this environment, when you meet them and you hear their story, right, and they've been elected to office with allegations this serious, it's still jarring, just on a human, uh, humanistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was jarring for me, because I remember, I, I think, if I remember correctly, I sent it to you before you sent it to me, it, mm-hmm. it, just because I was like, wow. Uh, where you and I diverge and disagree, and, I, and you, I don't know if you saw me, but I made a face at you when you, you talked did. about Trumpers. I saw, I saw it, both of y'all faces. <laughs> Is I understand having reverence and for someone and why a person can be revered. But when said person or peoples demonstrate to me that they cannot be entrusted with the ethics and obligations for an office, that's where I have to separate the personal and the professional. And that can be hard to do. But that's where you and I disagreed.
2: And I I think that's I think that's where most people are going to land. You know, and and I respect that. You know, I'm I'm about as democratic as it gets. If we if we vote on turning up the air or turning down the air, two y'all say what? All
3: right, that's what we gonna do. Little D Democrat, <laughs> right? Little D uh, Democrat.
2: Okay. So, um, you know, I think that's where most people are gonna land with him. But I just, you know, I, I it's my shit. I want to take a point. <laughs> Point of public w- w- <laughs> personal, personal privilege, privilege, as they right, say, right. To say that that's still my guy. You know what I mean. And 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 whatever punishments are served, I'll respect them. You know, I'm not gonna be like, no, that's going too far. I'm just stating that me knowing someone, I you know,
3: you're not gonna cancel the man. Yeah,
2: okay. that's that cancel culture that I. I'm glad you used that word because okay. that's, that's the, you know, the what I'm bucking against.
1: You know, and, and for me, I think there's such a difference uh, from, I think it's a generational divide on how we talk about cancel culture, right? Because I don't believe in canceling either. I do believe in holding people accountable. And there is, there has become an unfair mesh of the word cancel versus holding people accountable, I see. I see it a lot. You know, That's you and it. I are both heavy on Twitter. I see it a lot on Twitter where people talk about, "Well, this is cancel culture," and I'm against cancel culture. There, to to me, cancel culture is when we want to voraciously attack someone for such a minor mistake, uh, a learning opportunity, mm-hmm. if you will. Whereas holding someone accountable. Yes, you can still learn, but where you are, whether it is a professional position or your stature that gives you a public platform, you need to be removed. That, to me, is being held accountable, which is a a very clear and direct separation from being canceled.
2: I dig it. I respect it. Um, I have no, you know... I ain't mad at nobody for bringing the story out. I ain't mad at what the decisions were. You know, it just is what it is. But now, let's fast forward to the other side of the story and the other individual in the story. Um, Legislator number one. Can we? <laughs> sure. <laughs> let's talk sure. about legislator number one.
3: Sure. And before I take my personal privilege, please. You know, my name is on the story, but I'm going to give credit to my colleague Hannah Denham, who's also a co-writer, Kyle Whitmire, who's been helping with this reporting, and my editor Ashley Remicus, who's kind of been a guiding force behind all this. So it's been a team, a team effort. So i to make sure that that's clear. It's not just Joseph Bryant uh, on, on this on this Absolutely. on this issue. So okay, uh, representative number one. Uh, obviously, we all know it's longtime representative John Rogers. He said he he said it was him. Yeah. Um, he, he is the one who has allocated the majority of his allocation, his discretionary money from the fund, the uh, Jefferson County Community Service Fund, mm-hmm. to, uh, to the Piper Davis Youth League, mm-hmm. which was uh, obviously founded and operated by uh, former Representative Fred Plum. Mm-hmm. Um, the allegation is about half of that money, uh, roughly $200,000, mm-hmm. uh, did not go to the Youth League, but instead, checks were written to uh, assistant number one for purposes not uh not specified or allowed within the grant parameters.
2: Now, as it relates to legislator number one. Yes. Where the proof? Is there any proof? Is there any proof that legislator one because the way it was written and you know the way I read it sure. and and he's denying everything. Now in, in in our world, okay, now we got a pickle because one person is saying, oh, I'm coming clean. I'm telling everything. But the person he coming clean on mm-hmm. and with is like, that's not how that went down. Right.
3: So is there some proof that didn't make it? In the story, if we had more proof, it'd be in the paper. It'd be in online and all over the place. Yeah, you know, we wrote what we had. We wrote the allegations. We wrote the responses, and we let everybody have their uh, have their say, including Representative Rogers and, and everything he said. As you see, is printed. Yeah, and he vehemently denies any wrongdoing.
2: Okay.
1: Yes. You. So you definitely need to go first. Yeah, because I knew I knew with a background in studying. I had to be clear there studying uh journalism i knew what kind of answer we were about to get because you can only say what the facts are based on the current facts i'm putting on my lawyer hat (laughs) here based on the current facts uh correct me if i'm wrong with coach plump saying the allegations are true and i want to cooperate assistant number one i'm not sure what assistant number one has said but we have legislature number one who's saying none of these things are true from, a, from an evidential standpoint, where where does the story fall based on the evidence? One thing I want to back up, uh, Mr.
3: Rogers didn't say all of it is untrue. he didn't say that okay. he said I allocated the money for Piper Davis.
2: okay
3: Whatever happened after that, I don't know, but I allocated the money for Piper Davis. Okay. So so he so he doesn't say you know all of it. Just you know, I mm-hmm. gave the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Representative Plump signed the documents to do what he's supposed to, what he said he's going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I'm done with it. That that was the, the paraphrase of the quote. Where it leads now, I, I don't know. We have to see what the what the um, investigators or the, or the federal authorities say. But right now, we have a hearing coming up with Representative Plump. You know, he's already signed his confession. There'll be a hearing, in a, I think in a few weeks we'll follow that and we'll go. Well, i Here again, I'm
2: reacting and responding to what people are saying Mm -hmm. about the story Mm -hmm. and about the people in the story. And I'm not trying to say (laughs) that Fred Plump is a liar. I don't know him to be such, but it's hard to say (laughs) With these allegations So is he honest or not You know So if I'm If I'm in Legislator 1's position mm-hmm. I know I would bring up the fact that Is this guy honest or not mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. why Why do you Why do we just Say why, why is it just cut and dry That what Coach Plump said Is is the truth
1: Right which is fair uh, I think I think what alarmed me, or what made me raise an eyebrow, I'm just gonna keep referring to him as Legislature One, mainly because I think it's funny, <laughs> is we had these <coughs> payments going to Assistant Number One, who is the assistant for Legislature Number One, correct? And, and and I understand based on my current position the things that can quickly get back to my direct report, right? So so I'm having an issue. Uh, Rectifying.
2: I thought you would. Now, let me bring forth a scenario.
1: All right.
2: Um, an attorney here in Birmingham wants to do work for the city. Said attorney knows about my relationship with people at the city particularly the city attorney and or the mayor. Who's to say I couldn't be an enterprising person and manipulate that relationship? Now, I'm not saying that assistant one did that, but it could happen. And we're trying some people are trying to crucify him on the word of a person that admitted they told the story. And I, I'm, I'm just saying, man, it's, it's so many things going. But
3: it's crucify um, so is a crucify. That's a strong word. Who's, cru- nah, who's crucifying? The document say what I'm they sorry.
2: say. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll take that back. You know, I, I'll take that back. We are. Lampooning some people, not you. I said not. not, Some people are lampooning the individuals involved, Mm. making as if you know, like what this person
3: said is true, or what that. I mean, like everything we write has a alleged. Yeah, (laughs) or confessed to and alleged. So yes, we weren't in the car. We weren't. We didn't. We didn't see the checks getting written. Everything is alleged.
2: Everything is alleged, and so that's why I'm like, okay, um, every you know, going back to my Trump reference. I didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Going back to my Trump, and I let's be clear, I despise that man, and everything I do moving forward will be to make sure he does not get the nomination. Well, with that being said, <laughs> yeah, I can see where these people that are fans of, of Trump, where's the proof? Not in my understanding, praise God, there's a whole lot of proof on Trump. But where's the proof on John Rogers? I have yet to hear, read, gather anything more than hearsay at this point. And so, you
1: know, so I, I was trying to think of how I could put this into a sentence. Mm-hmm. So what I what I did read recently is uh I'm just gonna call his name, Mr. Rogers, said that his relationship with assistant number one is that she also functioned as a caretaker of sorts. Right. Managed his funds. Uh, drove him around and was free and given permission to sign documents right for him. Right? So let, I, I wanna lay all that out there because that that mm-hmm. he said that. He yeah. said that. Yeah. That's why I had a hard time rectifying and being resolute and saying, okay, well yeah, it is highly unlikely that he would know what was happening. What
2: if I could sign what if I knew how to um sign Randall's address? I mean uh um his signature. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I got I got So you. now
2: I I walk in with the signature that you recognize as Randall's yeah. from a trusted person,
3: you gonna assume
1: that it's Randall's. I got it. I got it. I understand what you're saying.
3: But you're talking about a signature. What I mean what what difference does it make about the signature? Um we're talking about the information. money what, being allocated. Yeah, what I'm saying what then, I'm
2: saying here is who's to say uh-huh. that assistant number 1 uh-huh. doesn't go to Plump, uh-huh. um, Coach Plump uh-huh. saying I'm saying this on behalf of Rogers, if I came to you and I told you I come on behalf of Randall, would you expect me to be lying to you? hmm hmm That's all. That's all I'm saying. Especially I got it. Here's his. He didn't sign this. You don't know if maybe some had a signature on it. All this uh, stuff. But the
3: signature's material because Representative Rogers already said I allocated the money for Plump's organization. Right. Now, now after that. Some other things were signed, but it didn't necessarily have to have John Rogers' name on it because mm-hmm. Plump got the money. So right. Plump but had what to write saying, checks for somebody else, not John Rogers' right. signature on those But what
2: I'm, say, what I'm saying here is that when assistant shows up to Plump, mm-hmm. she might have signed things saying, hey, he said you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, she could have put together any documentation mm-hmm. necessary to convince Coach Plump, that it was really coming from um, John Rogers when it wasn't.
3: Convince I'm, him to, to convi- dumb. Okay, okay, so, so you saying not convince- so you saying you saying it's plausible. Again, I, I shouldn't even be talking about this. You saying it's plausible that the, the assist, that the assistant possible that the assistant told Plump to write some checks to her. Yes.
1: Okay.
3: Everything is possible. I don't know.
1: I don't know. You, it's possible. <laughs> that's okay, all so, I'm saying, and, and, and that's, I. You and I are so very close on, on how we're thinking about this, but there's a slight divide because that 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 is my question. I think you and I are asking the same question. We're just asking it in a different way. Those checks written to the assistant came at the direction of someone, yeah. And our question is because what, what what you're saying to to restate what you mm-hmm. just said. It's plausible that assistant one said to Coach Plump that Rodgers said to write those checks. Right. I am also saying... But hold on. Okay. Now.
2: And we're talking about an elected official.
1: Yes. You know what I'm saying?
2: Like here again, i can't believe i'm saying this, but you know, drawing from and i'm i'm doing this purposefully because anybody out there that wears an r on their chest and is, you know, oh, they wrong, they wrong, they wrong. You got a motherfucker doing the same shit. All right? <laughs> so, you know, let's let's not rush to judgment on anything. And so with that being said, if you need all of this proof, mm. if you need all of this proof for Trump, then I say you need all of this proof
3: for John Rogers to cut it off. Well, there's been no indictment on John <laughs> Rogers. But no, but there's been, there's been no indictment on Representative Rogers. And it shouldn't be. The only I'm not saying either way. I mean, but there hasn't, I have no indictment papers. If, if I knew that, that'd be front page.
2: I see. It, but there isn't one. See it. This podcast has been brought to you by Jefferson County Sheriff's Office.